0: Hello. Oh, hi. Welcome to Stay Smut. Oh, stay
1: Smut. Stay, stay Smutty. smutty. <laughs> Yay, a tagline. It's been what episode is this? This is probably like 16. We've done it. 16 We've... episodes. Stay Smutty. We couldn't think of anything more creative. Stay Smutty. That's how we're
0: going to sign off every single one now. Did you did it. you hear that? I did, but it's oh, okay. Oh, Well, Knock everybody knows I got a text. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! I have <laughs> <my> secrets. <laughs> um. Well, welcome to Say Smut. It's a literary podcast for readers and non-readers, and especially for our non-readers today, and for Ooh. our readers today because um we have a mini episode. You probably noticed by the length of this episode is not our typical hour, hour and a half long episode. So Yeah, instead it's the length of a normal podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's a length of what people have actual time in their day to commit to. Um anyway, so this episode we're going to break down some of our favorite things and then pair them with other favorite things. So hope does not typically read a lot. Um, She can read. We have established, but um, I am typically the reader. So she consumes a lot of other media and she's going to list a piece of media for me to pair something with. So if you like this, then you'll probably like that type of concept. Um, I do, before we get started, we have a couple of fun things happening in the book world that I'd like to make everybody aware of, because this is our podcast and we decide what we want to do. True. Um, So first of all, we're coming to the end of the year. We will have a wrap-up episode that we'll probably bring back our friend Liz for. She can talk to us about some of her favorite books from this year, my favorite books from this year, um, what our favorite smutty books we've covered from this year were, Um, Hope's biggest say smut moment, which better not be the peanut butter in the desert. Um, (laughs) And if you you don't know, find out, find out, go, go hang out and find out. Um, But as we're coming to the end of the year, a lot of places are releasing kind of their book of the year. The book that either sold the most people voted on or um, maybe some judges decided what were like you know, this was the most significant cultural book to us. So the first one is Walmart's book of the year, which was Icebreaker by Hannah Grace. Um, This was a really fun book. I've actually had it on the list for the podcast. It is like 500 pages, which is in my mind, no contemporary romance should be more than 350 pages. Yeah, it is ridiculous if you go over that. But this one's fun. It's the first in her series. Her second book, Wildfire, had just come out a couple of weeks ago. Um, but it's it's a college romance hockey. It's a hockey team. All the different books are different players and actually Hannah Grace just this week announced the third book in the series which is for the much anticipated uh, character Henry and his story and he is a character of color and what it looks like is his love interest might be plus size so very excited very excited about that um. So Walmart's book of the year, Icebreaker by Hannah Grace, college hockey romance, very fun and pretty spicy. Um, another book of the year is Barnes and Noble book of the year. This one I actually had never heard of, which I feel terrible about um, because I feel like I try and make myself knowledgeable of very popular books out there. It's called The Heaven and Earth Grocery Store by James McBride. Ooh. Um I uh, don't know much about it, but I'm very interested. It says uh, the Heaven and or the Heaven and Earth Grocery Store, a stunning novel about a small town and the bonds of community that are formed between marginalized groups in order to survive. So definitely, that will be on a lot of uh, tables um, and whatnot around Barnes and Noble as they promote it. Um, so check it out. I will be checking it out as well. Uh, And then last, a bit of book bookish news um, is that Goodreads is having their choice awards for 2023. So you can go in and vote for different categories, uh, science fiction, romance, fantasy. They even have a category for romanticy because there's so many in that category. Got to narrow it down. Exactly. Got to give other people a chance. Um, so, uh, yeah, I already started going through and voting in the categories that I know most of. I try not to vote in categories that like, you know, like I don't read a lot of sci-fi or horror. Um, so I want to leave that up to other people, right. but it would be like if I voted at all, <laughs> <laughs> it would be like voting based on the cover <laughs> or like, you know, when you go to a horse race and like, um, you, you, you. Bet on the horse's name because it's the funniest sure.
1: name. Mm-hmm. I wasn't sure how that was gonna end because I don't frequently or ever go to horse races. So no, no, but you like know you know, you it's, go to a horse race. You know, no. when you go, but, but like they have the fun names, and they're yeah, like, they I just vote on the fun they're names, like, like merrily we roll along. It's just yeah. one long name for all. Yeah, horse. it's yeah. it's like a
0: practically a sentence. It's practically yeah. a the whole title of a book. It's an um, emo song title. Yeah,
1: it really is. <laughs> we changed um, the name of this song. So, uh, our lawyer managed to change the name of this song so we wouldn't get sued. It's yeah. just one horse. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly.
0: Um, I do have to say I'm going to call out some of the books in the romance category because we typically cover smut romance books. And um, so one of the books is The Long Game by Elena Armas. Um, I have not read this one final offer by lauren asher it's the third book in a series i have read it it is another like 600 page romance book should not be that long hefty um (laughs) it is hefty um but it is also i think it's like one of my favorites of that series i didn't care for the series much but i did have to say i like that one because it covers themes of addiction and alcoholism and it's very good in displaying what type of relationship that would look like because this is a man who's really struggling and he repeatedly fails in his relationship. And it doesn't, it's not the, here is the guy 20 years after he's been sober and he's got himself together a little bit yeah. more than, you know, no, this is showing like the, a little more the nitty gritty yeah, in the uh, throes. Yes. Um, love theoretically by Ali Hazelwood, our bestie, Ali Hazelwood Allie. wrote the love hypothesis, which we mm-hmm. covered. Um, I very much love this one. Uh, the Right Move by Liz Tomford. Um, I've heard of it. Um, Happy Place by Emily Henry, one of my favorites this year. Catherine Center's, uh Hello Stranger, another one I've heard great things about. A Long Time Coming by Megan Quinn, uh, another big popular one. All these are, like, extremely popular, so I'm not surprised that they're on the list. Uh, Christina Lauren's True Love Experiment. Abby Jimenez. Yours truly, The 7-Year Slip by Ashley Po Poston I love Ashley Poston haven't read it yet I loaned it to my mother I'm very excited it's like did you ever watch that one like early 2000s movie that was called the lake house and they put letters in the mailbox and there's like a time jump between them but they communicate through the letters
1: yes actually I think I have seen them. (laughs) yeah it's very niche but it's it's that type of a concept where they are
0: living in the same apartment but they are in two different time periods fascinating kind
1: yeah. of uh sort of like one la- or wow, one last stop is that what our book was called oh yeah i
0: mean yeah kind of but instead of trendy. letters
1: it's just that you can only you can only hook you up on a train on the you can
0: only hook <laughs> on the subway um we also have practice makes perfect by sarah adams um it's the second in a series uh the next one is romantic comedy by Curtis Sittenfeld. Um, I read this. Our friend Liz loved this one. I liked it for a second and then I really thought about it and then I hated it. It's based on like kind of like an SNL skit writer falling oh, in shit. love with the person who's guest hosting that week. I see. I so it see. is kind of fun, but I didn't really like the layout, how it ended up being. Um, you again was my pick for This category by Kate, um, what's her last name? Goldbeck. It's her debut novel. It is, uh, when Harry met Sally, uh, scenario, bisexual representation, yay, mental health representation. Um, uh, lots of things represented, but it takes over, it takes place over the course of like eight to 10 years because they keep running into each other. So, very fun. Um, uh, just a quick lightning speed, go through the rest of these. Things We Hide from the Light by Lucy Score, third in the in a series. Pucking Around um, by Emily Rath. Um, and I assume that's
1: a hockey romance, right? It sure is. And I believe it's LGBTQ. So in my world, which is working at a bakery, pucking is something that you do to prep cookies. You like pre-portion them and weigh them and then shape them. And so for all I know, it's also about falling in love in a bakery. Who knows? You'll have to well, read it. Like I puck every day, actually. I puck all the time. <laughs> I puck often. I puck I hard puck and I puck often. I puck <laughs> I get pucked up.
0: I get pretty pucked up. The next one is Wildfire by Hannah Grace, who I mentioned her other book got the Walmart um, book of the year. In the Likely Event by Rebecca Yaros. And if you know that name, Rebecca Yaros is the fourth wing author, which we talked about in our last Um, episode fourth wing is like the big release coming out right now um powerless by elite uh lc silver Uh, this is also a series meet me at the lake by carly fortune and then king of pride by anna huang um uh king of pride is the second in a series uh i think that they're called the princes of sin um very fun billionaire romance
1: oh, oh very fun. fun
0: i see british hot british guy opposites attract concept. so i would like to know about the king of sloth yeah that's the next one it's he his next one actually always always wearing sweatpants yeah no he's just a lazy mother ever. what can i say um just- uh, well those are that's the category I care most about but there's also some other great options in other categories. So um definitely check that out. And now I will toss it over to Hope who is going to give us our first piece of media
1: that I am going to pair. Yes, these are all things that I am actively watching. Um so join us today's I've picked all TV shows in a variety of topics and the first one that I picked is Great British Bake Off slash Great British Baking Show, whatever you prefer to call it. Um, I imagine many of us know about it, but in case you don't, it is the best show on the planet. It is a British (laughs) baking show, as the name suggests. Contestants come together from all over the world. They're all just amateur bakers, so like, sometimes they're students at university, and sometimes they're librarians, and sometimes they're like a fun Irish dude who works at a deli and all these people just kind of bake at their free time and they're all very talented. Uh, each episode has three different challenges to it. The first one is a signature bake, which is something that everybody gets to practice first. And there's like a category overarching for the month or not the month. That's crazy for the episode. So it might be uh, chocolate week. It might be patisserie week. It might be bread week. Uh, and then the signature is like a fun, thing they like to bake within that category that they've planned out and then that is followed by a technical bake which is something they do uh with no practice and no info prior they get a very bare bones recipe and the ingredients laid out in front of them and then they just kind of have to guess how to make that thing and they get judged on how well they make it and the final component is a showstopper bake which is Something that's within the theme again, something they could practice at home, but like huge, big scale stuff. So, like big, crazy cakes or big, crazy. I'm looking at something right now that is like a sh- a, sh- a sh- Yeah, I guess shoots and ladders. I was going to say eels and escalators. That's Spongebob. Um, <laughs> like a shoots and ladders board, but made out of cookies, like big, showy, fancy stuff. And then each week there is a star baker, and each week somebody goes home. Um, the judges have changed around a little bit, but the. the consistent judges currently are paul hollywood and prue leith uh, they're like the people who are actually bakers and know this stuff and then there are presenters who help one is noel fielding who is an actor who i know best as old greg if you know you know um and then this season they brought on allison hammond who is a super fun i believe she's a comedian actress uh, fun host lover definitely watch it it will make you hungry so like i recommend having baked goods on hand when you watch it um very low stakes even when there's a lot of drama everybody's pretty chill and nice i absolutely love great british bake-off
0: what an excellent way to start um And when I think of Great British Bake Off, I think you said it really well, where it's like low stakes, but it's very Mm -hmm. wholesome, right? Like, no one is pulling like a I'm screaming in your face, Gordon Ramsay style. Like, Like, yes, there might be disappointment, but it's not like anyone
1: like they're just all grateful to be there. Yes, And in fact, uh, I mean, I think this continues to happen, but especially in the earlier seasons, um, the hosts of the show would often come around, and if a contestant was having a hard time and becoming upset, they would, like, curse around them so that the camera couldn't film them. (laughs) Everybody takes really good care of each other and then makes beautiful baked goods, and it's so fun. And also, accents galore. So many fun people. So many fun snacks. I love this show. (laughs)
0: I am so glad because when I sat back and I thought, okay, what do I have for baking? Because baking is so wholesome. There's got to be like a solid rom-com that involves baking, right? My ass has read so many chef type books, but not many bakery type books. So then Mm -hmm. I'm thinking, I know that they're out there and I actually have some of them. I just hadn't read them. So then I thought about it. I've got one of my favorite series. It's not perfect. Okay. But it is but it is so fun to read. And that's what I think about with Great British Bake Off is that it's wholesome, it's fun, it's family-friendly. Well, I shouldn't say this is completely family-friendly, but on our smut podcast. (laughs) podcast. Um, But this, uh, Lissa K. Adams is the author, and it's a series called The Bromance Book Club. I think I've even told you about it off camera as for fun. It starts with the title book, which is, the bromance book club. It's about that one is specifically about a guy who kind of married his wife very quickly after a couple months of dating because she was pregnant and he's a star baseball player in Tennessee and he, his marriage is falling apart after three years. Um, And he's got a stutter. He has a hard time expressing his feelings. And so some of his uh, co co players is what I was about to say, you know, Just your co-players, his his team colleagues, your team colleagues, some of his teammates and other prominent men in this um, Nashville community have a book club that they bring him into after his wife leaves him. And it's they read romance books and they call them manuals. okay, (laughs) because it's all about how to communicate and how to treat women better in some circumstances. And I'm talking like. stereotypical romance not like dark romance romance.
1: not every book we've covered i would use as a manual for your life no necessarily no but they drag him
0: in and then it starts this series of books of different men who are struggling with their relationships in some capacity okay that's fun um so the third one is called crazy stupid bromance um it's got a wonderful cat on the cover wow Um, it does It really does. So the main character is a very shy computer genius guy. Um, His name is Noah and he is smitten for this girl, Alexis. He's made very good friends with her. We've met them in the previous two books. Um, We know that this is kind of a communal family environment between these, these couples and these friends. Um, But Alexis was previously sexually harassed and maybe assaulted by her uh, former boss at one of the restaurants. And so she left and made her own bakery and cafe. And so and it's a cat cafe. Um, and a cat, so, a cat fay, and he's been smitten with her, but he never wants to a ruin their friendship or b make her uncomfortable. Right. Cause she's been through so much. And so it, it hits some really heavy themes, but it's also done so well. And so sweetly that it is like a friends to lovers situation, but I do love like the cat cafe situation and yes. he's so sweet. And the whole, the whole series is so fun. I love it. I buzzed through those in no time. Like if you want like an easy, breezy, beautiful cover cover girl (laughs) type book, this series is absolutely for you. So that is the Bromance Book Club series by Lissa K Adams. But this specific one is the crazy, stupid bromance book. So
1: amazing. If you like that, if you like Great British Breakoff, you'll like this amazing and if you're looking for something different maybe some more drama maybe some more romance maybe some more suspense maybe you're like me and you should have watched this show a really long time ago but you just didn't get around to it until maybe last month i recommend checking out downton abbey (laughs) it's a commitment it is a commitment it is it's this show ran from 2010 to 2015 and there are movies and i'm full disclosure not even finished watching it uh at all but I love Downton Abbey. If you're looking for, like, the the 1910s and 20s, if you like that kind of a fashion. If you like The Crown, but you would prefer it if none of the stuff you were watching was based on real people. <laughs> I recommend watching Downton Abbey. It's about this aristocratic family uh, that lives... It's all fictional in Downton Abbey. Um, And this I am just going to a little talk about how this opens because I was not prepared. How this opens is that the heir of Downton Abbey, uh, the like family members who are actively living in it, find out has died on the Titanic. I mean, it is it is. The first season itself is just wild. Episode one is the Titanic happened. Now you don't like see the Titanic happening. You just find out the Titanic happened and then it causes a whole bunch of problems because the person who was going to be the heir of, of the Abbey is now, of Downton Abbey is now gone and the family living there only has daughters and you know, ladies and sexism. Kid, yeah, and sexism. Ladies can just own stuff. So they're trying to figure out uh who the like next nearest relative is that will take ownership of uh the abbey and boy howdy does that lead to some fun shenanigans and antics um I do it is a very enjoyable show I don't know that I call it fun there's this is like a little more drama it's a little more tone of like the crown if you've watched the crown um an incredible cast but the most important is that Dame Maggie Smith is in it. And I uh, love her. Um, incredible costumes. This show has won all kinds of Emmys. It's great. It is. It is.
0: So, um, so my comparison, because we're going for drama, we're going for historical. I will confess to you now, I am not a 1900s historical person. So, Interesting. like,
1: Interesting.
0: Uh, for some reason, because well, typically 1900s has something to do with World War One or World War II. True. And I don't like reading those types of uh, books. But I will give you turn of the century, okay?
1: Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm.
0: Joanna Shoup um, is a well-known historical romance author. Um, she has written uh, this serial series. Serial um called (laughs) this
1: cocoa puffs
0: called the fifth avenue rebels um it is turn of the century time period so we are going 1890s ish Uh late 1890s Uh um so slightly different but we are set in the new york area um and so this is not like british but there are british people involved um because at this time period a lot of times you'll find this in, in these historical books at turn of the century time, anybody with a title was really struggling for money sure. um, because that type of class system wasn't really working anymore. Things were surprisingly, things and you were even,
1: getting modern.
0: <laughs> yes. Even with um Downton Abbey, they get into things coming into the modern time, talking yes. about, you know, losing money, um, these mm-hmm. titles not meeting as much as they used to. And so um these these people are new money, right? They they are not generations and generations of sure. old money. It's a, it's a lot of, you know, f- New York skyscrapers are brand new, yada yada. Okay, so we start with the heiress hunt, which is, uh, childhood friends to lovers romance, and then we have uh, the lady gets lucky which is about a wallflower of a woman who needs some lessons in seduction. Uh-huh, sure. So she gets a real rake, a real playboy. Um, and then the third one is The Bride Goes Rogue. These two people have been um, engaged for a very long time, uh, an arranged marriage situation. And um, he does not want to marry her. Very much does not want to marry Clearly. her very much changes. Okay. But the most important one is the last one, the Duke gets even, which is a Duke who comes to the United States to get a very rich bride, Mm -hmm. um, because he needs somebody to help (laughs) the financial situation at home. Um, and that's the one I love the most. It's kind of an enemies to lovers. So all of these four are groups of friends who have known each other in the other books. So, you kind of meet them early on, and early on, these two have hated each other. They think that they're so fucking annoying. They're like, (laughs) and they have one night where they mistake their identities when they first actually meet. And then turns out he was actually there to meet her friend because he was going to try and propose to her. And so she immediately hates him. She was like, that one night on the beach that we met, and got a little frisky on the beach as strangers. And like, she's kind of like a redheaded, like fiery young girl who doesn't care about society. And she's got, I think, Irish relatives who are maybe gangsters. Um, (laughs) And like, you know, she's not what the proper Duke should be looking for, even though she does have money. Um, Anyway, so it's very much like they are enemies through the books. And then all of a sudden they start fueling that into sexual interactions and then they're like you know what there's more to this than just the sex and so it's that time period a little bit maybe a Mm. little early but it's also got some of the british elements to it that you're talking about
1: yes so your third and final one this i am going to try and keep so brief (laughs) i can talk about this in its own podcast it's not 100% impossible that eventually we'll do a podcast where all my recommendations are just uh, seasons of this. Um, This is my favorite series of all time. It is called Dimension 20. It airs on uh, Dropout Streaming Network, which I think costs a full $5 for a ton of incredible content. I don't even work for them. Just like subscribe and watch. No promotions here. Just love. No, just pure unadulterated love of everything about this. Um Dimension 20 in particular is a show where hang with me. I know it's going to sound nerdy. It's it's so worth it. It does um, sound
0: nerdy and I will validate that it is a lot more fun it's so if good. you're not in this
1: realm. So so Dimension 20 is basically people playing Dungeons and Dragons. Um it's not always explicitly Dungeons and Dragons. There are some iterations where they're playing a different like table tap role-playing game but it's a uh, an rpg comedy show primarily uh, there are different seasons each season has its own storyline a whole different set of characters um sometimes different uh game like leaders or or dungeon masters or dms whatever you want to call them um but usually it's the same. And I'm going to narrow it down to one season because Sarah asked me to. And I picked the season that I think kind of pairs the best with the books that we read a little bit. Not in a smutty way, but just kind of in a drama and vibes way. It is a season called A Court of Fae and Flowers. And basically it is like Bridgerton, but with Fays the whole season. It. So there's um, a bunch of different characters, all different Uh, kinds of phase and they are coming together for something called the bloom which is like you know the season where everybody comes together and they all go to the balls at people's mansions and they like you know have status and sometimes are hooking up um this season is the game master is a bria iyengar who is incredible um there are a bunch of different people in the cast my favorite human being on the planet brendan lee mulligan's in it uh Oscar Montoya is in it Serena Marie is in it Omar Najam is in it Emily Axford is in it and Lou Wilson is in it they all play lords and ladies the like aspects of the game are like you can spread rumors or you can try and make your house look good and make this house look bad or you can try and forge a friendship with this house or like a relationship with this person and so there's like people trying to hook up there's people not trying to hook up there's people spreading rumors there's people kind of trying to kill people it's so fun um it's beautiful and emotional but it's also very funny basically it's like comedians sitting around a table and doing a role play game but in a way that sounds a bajillion times cooler than how i just described it plus in this season in particular everybody's got such fire makeup on they don't like full dress up but usually there's an incredible eye and hair look and it's it's so good i will say as somebody who i just love stories
0: all around i've made my job about stories i've made everything in my life about a good story um yes and i think what attracts me as somebody who doesn't play dungeons and dragons Mm -hmm. uh or anything like that i think what excites me about it is that these are comedians, first of all, so they're Mm -hmm. already good with audiences. And then second of all, it's really just telling a very good story, but an involved one. So like one thing I love about our podcast is that you and I will often talk about how would we handle that? You Mm -hmm. know, how do you even react to that? What would you do if you were in this situation? And this is real life that, but with storytelling. So it's, here's your circumstances. What are you going to do next? How are you going to develop this story with me?
1: Yeah, it is all of the seasons of Dimension 20. I, e- even more relatable to the readers among us. Um, absolutely incredible storytelling. Um, usually hilarious, sometimes very emotional, like seasons of Dimension 20 have absolutely made me cry before. Um, the Court of uh, court of Fillion Flowers in particular is super fun because it's all like, uh, you know, like drama and secrets and stuff. But from a how it works perspective is like yeah you're presented a scenario and then asked like what are you going to do about it or like who do you want to talk to or what are you trying to figure out or what evidence do you want to play it? and then usually you have to roll a dice to see how well you do or don't do that thing so like you can go into something very well intentioned but if you roll a very ro- low number on dice you'll absolutely fall on your face when you do it and just like not succeed at all and it's so there's like high stakes. It's I, again, I could talk about it for a million years. I won't. Just know that you should watch it. It's incredible. Dimension 20 is amazing. Accord of of and Flowers is amazing. Everybody who's ever been on Dimension 20 is incredible.
0: They, they are. And they're really funny. I mean, if anything, if you don't know what's going on, that's totally fine because they are just funny. Mm-hmm. Um, also true. So for my book recommendations, I went a couple different directions. So if something's not your vibe, I have a couple options and I'm going to go through them rapid fire. I know people are going to say, Sarah, why not recommend A Court of Thorns and Roses, which is the very popular Fae related fantasy series. You already know it. It already is so popular. I don't Mm want to highlight another popular thing in this world. I'd rather highlight something that's maybe a little less. So um, I'm going a couple different directions. But for my fae option, um, first of all, I just love this book. So I'm just going to show you it. It's called Emily Wilde's Encyclopedia of Fairies. It's by Heather Fawcett. I love it. It's a very beautiful, it doesn't have a dust jacket. like This is just the hardcover book. It's so pretty. beautiful. Um, but it's written as if it is field notes for studying okay oh. so there's like logs and entries mm-hmm. but it is a woman emily wild who is turn of the century kind of time frame right So early 1900s. Nice. Late 1800s, early 1900s. She is an academic studying the Fae. So it is our real world, except for there are hidden Fae in some communities. And it's kind of like a folklore. So like it is a real thing, but they are so well hidden that like you have to go and research and kind of do field studies. Her frenemy is uh this guy who is kind of lazy he if it he's kind of lazy but he's endearing and he's kind of got a little bit of an attitude and a little bit entitled but he's so funny so he kind of like follows her to her research place where she goes up in this nordic like little (laughs) island and she's like why are you here like this doesn't make sense so they're like enemies but they're not too mean to each other they like are still friends uh, his name is Wendell, by the way. And I just That's love that. That's amazing. You quickly find out that it is rumored that he might be a, a royal fae. Oh. So there's some controversy in what is he doing in academia? What is he doing studying the fae? Is he a fae? Mm-hmm. Yes. What is he doing though with his research? Also, they have such a great dynamic. It's so yeah. fun. So that's one I definitely recommend. The first book is out. The second book comes out in January. I have had the privilege and honor of reading the second book. I got a reader copy. Absolutely love it. Absolutely love it. I will read 5 million of these books. They're so fun. And she has social. um, uh, She's not very social and she doesn't really care. Like there's almost an an element of her maybe being on the spectrum. Um, Mm -hmm. And so she is. She's not just like that quirky, weird girl, you know, it's like right. she genuinely just loves to study and doesn't really care that she doesn't get along with other people. But Wendell is so endearing and like so charming. So I love their dynamic. It's very fun. Now to go towards more of a game and strategy mm-hmm. concept, we have, sure. Car- have Carabel by Stephanie Garber. I will read anything by this woman. I've read every single one of her books. Um, Carabelle is the idea that this mysterious, um, carnival kind of pops up in these communities and you go in and they tell you every single time, everything is a game. Nothing is real. So you are kind of going through this thing, this guy who runs it, uh, his name is legend and he is kind of like this mysterious man behind the curtain and he's playing these games and she goes in to save her sister the main character goes in to save her sister but if everything's a game and nothing's real what can she trust lots of twists and turns I made Liz read it everybody I've had read it like they buzz through it because it is like constantly like changing and and who can you trust what do you believe all these little games and easter eggs and stuff like that and there's three books in the Caravelle series, and then there's a spin-off series that the last book has just come out. And so six books in total. Nice. <laughs> but very fun. Um, then the last one I will just quickly shout out is Foxglove. And um technically the first one in the series is Belladonna. Foxglove just came out this last month. Um, but belladonna by adeline grace she was touched by death um and now she uh and death have like this kind of rivalry but are they falling in love maybe like Um, like, sexy
1: relationship with death death um but she
0: cannot die um she has her whole family has died she has for some reason been untouched you know by death in that way of like she can face death, but she does not
1: die. I mean, um, death but, might touch her, depending on how the relationship goes though.
0: Oh, and he does. Wait. But, <laughs> but the the fun gamey part of this is that it's societal there, uh, you know, the, the games mm-hmm. of society, kind of a Gothic nice. atmosphere and they have a murder mystery that they're trying to solve. Oh. Um, and so there's lots of characters, there's lots of like court games and whatnot Um characters you like, characters you don't like. Uh, so yeah, I I could go on and on for Dimension 20 because there's a lot of bo- yes. really great fantasy type books that have that type of game mentality element to it. So
1: yes. Oh, oh very fun. Yay. Is there,
0: is there anything else that's like on your mind that you're like, I just love this one thing and want to talk I just, about it?
1: I'm thinking about more seasons of Dimension 20. So we don't have time for it. That's just like a whole separate
0: podcast. We will do a whole another this and that podcast for, for Dimension 20 themes. Because I feel like we could just go on and on. Yes. But
1: My brief spoiler is that sincerely, there is a season and theme probably for every occasion. So.
0: There really is. Well, we hope that you guys got some book recommendations or media recommendations out of this podcast um we will be back to our normal scheduled program next week um you can find us if you so choose on tiktok instagram and twitter at at say smut podcast additionally we'd love to hear your book recommendations i am stepping away from monster smut after we've done so much of it um so happy to take any of those recommendations send them way via email at say smutpodcast at gmail.com and we'd love for you to pop us a rating. Please be like honest and loving with your rating, yeah. and generous and sincere. sincere. Sincere, no, just being mean to be mean. Um, but we appreciate you being here. And uh, stay smutty. Stay smutty. <laughs> Bye. Bye.